0: And scholars. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Slutty scholars, this is the last episode of the season. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. I could not continue this without you. Remember, if you like the show, please leave a review wherever you can, but especially on iTunes. It's also helpful to use those advertiser discounts because the more you support the advertisers, the more you support the podcast. Next season, I have some fun and exciting changes in store, so stay tuned. If you follow me on Instagram, don't forget to favorite the page. Otherwise, sex education accounts like Sluts and Scholars get easily shadow banned and lost in the algorithm. To do that, click on the follow button, then click add to favorites. And now for two fun event promos to help you increase your pleasure. The last promos of the season. Do you want to allow for more pleasure in your sex life? Join me and Reba the Diva, a.k.a. Reba Corinne Thomas of Sexpert Consultants on July 9th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This two-hour online workshop will cover how your nervous system affects your pleasure potential, as well as how to find the right balance of excitement and relaxation. This class will help you learn more about your erotic style, as well as lead you through some guided practices to help you come back to your body before, during, and after intimate moments. Check out Sexpert Consultants, S-E-X-P-E-R-T, SexpertConsultants.com, slash tickets, and I will see you on July 9th. And for you kinky folks, if you're aching to be a part of an outdoor kink community, you might want to know about The Great Fox Hunt. It is a three-day camping retreat held in Oregon City, Oregon, July 22nd to the 24th by a dear colleague of mine. A bunch of queer kinksters are getting together to have some fun in the wilderness. The main event is a human fox hunt and pet show loaded with prizes. But even if you're not a pet player, this will still be an amazing event to get kinky, create community, and fundraise for local indigenous communities. This is for kinksters of all kinds who love the outdoors as much as they love watching someone get tied to a tree and teased. It's a perfect place if you want to connect, but don't always find crowds, play parties, or nightlife gatherings appealing when you want to engage in kink play. You can find details and apply at Black Fox Prod, like Black Fox Productions, B-L-A-C-K-F-O-X-P-R-O-D, blackfoxprod.com, and tell them I sent you and you can get $20 off now to the final episode of the season thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or
1: any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am very excited to welcome Luna Matadas. She is a sex-positive... Pleasure educator with over 15 years of experience teaching sex and empowerment workshops. She celebrates body confidence, self adoration, and building shame free pleasure in and out of the bedroom. She teaches a wide range of topics, including threesomes, BDSM, and sexual confidence. She hosts the Plug Podcast, which is an anal sex podcast by B Vibe. She created Peg the Patriarchy and Meditate, Medicate, Masturbate brands as part of her sex positive and feminist merchandise. So, we're going to be talking about a bunch of that stuff today welcome luna oh my gosh thank you so much for having me yes and for folks tuning in for the first time if you want we'll go into some anal sex stuff today but if you want some beginner stuff i did have alicia sinclair from b vibe on early on in the podcast so that could be a good start but definitely check out b vibe for all things anal uh they have some amazing videos they did not pay me to say this but i just love them as a company so really glad you're here (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh my gosh, same. So much love for B-Vibe, too. But yeah, all the love for anything beginner booty.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you are probably so tired of talking about this since it's been months, but listeners, if you don't remember the Peg the Patriarchy Met Gala situation... Um, let's just make sure we set the record straight one more time. What is Peg the patriarchy and what what happened with all that? You know what? I'm glad that
2: you asked about it. This is a conversation we need to keep having. It's one where we talk about appropriation of ideas, of creativity, of like feminist understandings. Um, so I created the the phrase and trademarked it in 2015, Peg the Patriarchy. And uh, then one day, one fall day uh, in last year, um, I woke up to, or I I was on Twitter and saw a bunch of mentions around the Met Gala and Peg the Patriarchy. And so Dior created an outfit for Cara Delevingne um, that said Peg the Patriarchy on it. I didn't know anything about this. I wasn't consulted. I still haven't ever been in any contact with them. There's no acknowledgement that I created Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so gross. It's just gross at this point. (laughs) But um, the problem with it, too, was there was a distortion of the message. And so Kara sort of reduced it to this, like, stick it to the man kind of idea. Literally, literally uh, stick it to the man literally, which comes across as so many awful ways and really doesn't recognize patriarchy as an actual system. And so the, the original messaging or the true messaging is about subverting that system and really looking at the ways in which we um, also embed the system within our pleasure and what we like to do with, our, with ourselves and with our partners.
1: Yeah. yeah. And if you don't know what pegging is, there is a past episode about that somewhere back in the archives, but how would you define pegging?
2: Yeah, yeah. Pegging is a term that came about, I think, in the early two thousands by Dan Savage, who's another
1: sex educator and columnist.
2: And uh, it was it was actually came about at a time. So I mean, we people were probably
1: be- doing it before, but he just like coined the term. I think
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people have been pegging for the ages. People have been putting yeah. stuff up their butts for the ages, forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was it was specifically talking about, you know, cis men who like to sleep with cis women, um, but wanted to have anal penetration, uh, either by a dildo or other kinds of like strap on or sex toys. And but now pegging sort of is anybody that, that really wants to embody that energy of maybe we're flipping the script around penetration. Maybe we're playing with power. Maybe we're just, you know, exploring our gender affirmations. You know, there's so many different reasons why people strap it on and even people who already have factory-installed penises are going to strap it on too. Uh, So it's actually a lot broader now, but it's one category of strap-on play.
1: Yeah. And so why do we need to peg the patriarchy then? Oh my goodness. So patriarchy is
2: fucking up our pleasure and, and it really sets a lot of assumptions for people of all genders around what things are normal and respected and rewarded and what things are not and so don't deserve value get objectified you know are able to be appropriated and so when we think about pegging the patriarchy and bringing that into all of our bedrooms it's about questioning what we've learned about sex and sexuality and pleasure you know what barriers what blocks what external validation are we still serving with these ideas and how can we reclaim ideas that are actually more authentic to our pleasure? Um, things like you know, thinking about our genitals as the only places where we have sexual engagement or attention, or that's all we bring to the bedroom. We have mm-hmm. so many erogenous zones. We've got erotic imaginations, we've got other hot spots. Um, things like decentering penetration and thinking about well, am I just doing this to go along to get along, or do I actually want something else yeah. that serves my pleasure?
1: Yeah. I was just talking to some clients before this who are experiencing pelvic pain. um, And Mm. we were talking about like thinking off and energetic orgasms and Tantra and just all the other ways that you can experience pleasure. And like, not that I would wish pelvic pain on anyone, but I do think sometimes when people are forced to get creative with their sex due to pain or something else going on or some accessibility needs, the potential silver lining if there if we can even call it that is that they're forced to like get creative with all the ways that like they can experience pleasure that a lot of people who have maybe like able bodied stuff that aren't thinking about that don't and then like their sex just becomes boring <laughs>
2: Ooh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And people who go on different medications or things are going on with their body, maybe their spinal cord injuries, whatever. Yeah. 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 It's so true. Yeah. And that erotic creativity, that's, that's the spark, you know, that's the, that's the passion, that curiosity about our bodies and our sexuality throughout our lifespan, throughout relationships, whether we're in one or we're not in one, but keeping that, that interest, that childlike kind of curiosity.
1: Yes. And not just sexually too, keeping that childlike curiosity about your partner emotionally and not pretending Ooh. that you know everything about them all the yes. time. Because then Ooh. you're going to, yeah, that's like the Esther Perel thing, right? Where people like feel safer and less anxious when they think they know everything their partner's going to do and say at every moment. And then yes. they get fucking bored. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes that's where you end up bored (laughs) yeah so yeah definitely want to encourage erotic creativity except when it comes to sticking things up your butt because there's only specific things that can go up your butt but otherwise get creative um so let's talk about sticking things up your butt um so strap-on play uh we we use the word pegging but strap-on play can look different than just how you described it so what kinds of strap-on play are available and why why do it
2: yeah. Um, strap-on play is also super creative. There's so many different kinds of harnesses, whether you want to wear your strap-on on your pelvis or on your thigh or on your hand. Um, some people are taking on strap-on play to act as if they they have a cock. They want to embody that energy of a uh, phallic energy. Um, it might be a masculine energy. It might not. Uh, Some people also really like the the idea of being the one who's in charge of penetration, whether they they are usually the penetrator or not. And for people who already have penises attached, the idea of strapping it on can also extend the life of penetration of your sexual activity. Because if your penis doesn't have an erection anymore, you can strap it on and still give your partner penetrative pleasure. Mm -hmm. So I wish we would normalize that a bit more. I think there's a lot of pressure to have these everlasting erections that we see in porn and and then we've got this mismatch in like oh well I can come a million times and then where is where is that that creativity and like get out your strap on get out your fingers get out some other toy like let's keep it going
1: well I think this is an example of quote-unquote like pegging the system of the patriarchy right Mm -hmm. because I think people a lot of people with penises feel threatened when there's another phallic thing in the mix as opposed to like I think it was like read mahalko back in the day who used to say like that sex toys are like your best wingman right Mm. as opposed to like seeing that this is something that can just add to stuff and like i love encouraging people who are experiencing like ejaculating before they want to or Mm -hmm. erectile difficulties to use different kinds of strap-ons there's even ones that you can put your penis into so you're also still feeling the pleasure of it um to help, you know, to take off the pressure, to go longer, to go further, um, to try on different sizes and shapes, to, to go where, to go where no one's gone before, you know, what all these kinds <laughs> of fun things like there's so, it's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun.
2: That's, that's exactly it. I mean, if you wanted to double penetrate your partner, strap on yeah. two dildos or strap on yeah. one and your penis. Like there's so many possibilities when we kind of let go of the way things are supposed to be and we focus more mm-hmm. on sensations, fantasies, connection.
1: Yeah, and just to like give you listeners maybe some other ideas, like let's say you're with somebody who has some back pain or can't thrust um, or you're like with somebody who, you know, can't get an erection at all or whatever like you can strap on something to their leg and like ride it while looking at each other and playing with them in another way or like I have a lot of clients who experience pelvic pain and they maybe don't they like to feel more in charge of how deep something is going and so they can strap this on to someone's leg and like do it at their pace and at their speed with something that's smaller than their partner's penis if that their partner's penis hurts them too much while they're working Mm. on their pelvic floor therapy like there are so many cool options for this. Like everyone should strap it on. And also like, I have to say that I feel like strapping it on helped me understand misogyny. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because as soon as I put one on, I was like, I could fuck shit up. Oh yeah! Like oh, yeah. I felt this immense—I don't know how you feel, but I felt this immense amount of like power, and I was like, I could put this anywhere I want, and I could do whatever I want, and I wanted to just like pee on things, and I was like, <laughs> whoa, this is like fucking like this is intense, this is real. <laughs> I love that that your energy was I want to pee on things. <laughs> well, I mean, was just like I don't know, I felt really powerful. I was like I could do whatever I want, which is like very toxic, but there was something about having this like dangling thing that made me feel like I could have anything I wanted.
2: Yes, yes, i I do identify with that. I used to put it on and just like take difficult phone calls, like if I had to call my cell phone company or like, <laughs> so um, this is like, another reason I to strap it on, here. not even
1: for sex. just' gain right. confidence. Yes, yes, yes. Do a little helicopter dick in front of the mirror. You're good. <laughs> yeah, and that's also like part of like how crazy is it that just the feeling of having that makes us feel powerful based on what we associate with having a penis?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's so many misgivings around being the receiver and thinking that somehow that defaults to the weaker or the more submissive partner. But really, you can Mm -hmm. have a a strap on play without any of those feelings. It can be about just, oh, let's just switch up who's giving, who's receiving. And that's all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is like a whole episode in and of itself. But like, why is it hard for people to feel like receiving doesn't have to be associated with submissive. Mm, yeah, that's a big topic. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I know for me, I thought
2: that um, receiving, because of all the messages that I got as a, an AFAB person growing up is...
1: And can you, you, know, you, define, can you define AFAB for folks? Oh, I'm so men? sorry. Yes.
2: So AFAB is assigned female at birth. So someone mm-hmm. who identifies with, um, or someone, and so I still identify with the gender I was assigned at birth. And so for anyone with a with a vulva, like most of us have grown up uh, really understanding our sexuality as in service of other people, and so we are the receivers. We are we don't have a lot of information about our actual pleasure anatomy and what we're told sex is actually doesn't really match a lot of yeah our sex is just something that's done,
1: done to us and to collaborate yes exactly. yeah
2: yeah and so it actually steps outside of what we're told are these like feminine rewards that we would get if we behave in a particular way during sex if we step outside yeah. of that you're a slut you're a whore you're like all of these things that are considered undeserved desirable in society. So I think some of us are doing it with this, uh, you know, desire to belong and and really want to feel attractive and really want to feel that we are pleasing our partners and serving, especially if we're sleeping with masculine people or cis men, that's, that's definitely a pattern that can play out super easy.
1: Yeah. Well, just to get to the logistics, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to strap it on where does one start? (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: So my rule is the person who wants to strap it on is the person that's going to choose the harness. And so there's so many different types of harnesses. There's brief style, there's strappy harnesses, you know, there's all, there's all, we talked about different parts of the body that can host harnesses. And then the person that is going to be receiving, they get to choose the dildo. And so whether you're using strap on play for vaginal or anal penetration, the dildos are going to be different Or, or mouth. Or mouth, yes, yes, yeah. wanna give a good strap-on BJ, that's so hot. <laughs> so
1: hot. Yes, <laughs> I know, that's why I said it, because I was like, that's hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so and so if you're sucking it, you also get to choose the the, the oh yeah. yeah um and yeah and i think there's there's a lot to to do in even just talking about the fantasy so talk about you know what's hot about it for you and people will say well i just like i want to take it i want to strap it on okay well what position are you in how do you think your partner's feeling as they're giving it to you how are you feeling as you're taking it and getting into those those nitty-gritties of describing and storytelling your fantasy gives you more juice to work with. Right. It makes the little bit of awkwardness of learning new equipment, learning a new activity. There's a, there's a backdrop to that. There's a scene to that. And I also think expecting the first time to just be silly and playful is a a really good bar to set because you might not get it in the harness might slip. You might not Mm -hmm. do what the thrusting that you want to do. Thrustings hard work if you've never thrusted. Yeah. So any, (laughs) any
1: tips on getting more fit if you are thrusting for the first time? Yes. So I have a a playlist and
2: um, I think I called it goddess groove or something. Please send it to me so I can
1: put it in the show notes.
2: Oh my gosh, I will. I will. And I put on any music that makes me feel like I want to gyrate. And then I put on mm-hmm. my harness and I actually just kneel down in front of the mirror and cause my back, my back is kind of bad, but I'll kneel down and just really watch my body move and appreciate that thrusting looks good and feels good for me too. So we mm-hmm. want to be able to embody the sexiness and what we're doing as much as the sexiness and what we're, we're giving. Um, and that can kind of help you play too, that it doesn't have to look like pound, 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 like porn. You know, there's, there's things that you're going to do. That's going to be more centered on how you're feeling and then a little bit more centered on how they're feeling and whatever they want in that moment
1: yeah i mean you can probably speak more to this and i would invite people to go like buy and take your very like affordable amazing classes um and or check out like b vibe stuff too but like maybe don't go straight to strap-on play if you've never played with hands yet
0: Hmm.
2: Very good point. Yes. You gotta, I have a, my class is called seducing the butt and (laughs) tell us how to seduce the butt. So the, the booty hole likes to be seduced. You know, she wants some breadcrumbs. She wants like teas.
1: And the reason is, is because I should put uh, a French (laughs) loaf in my asshole. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Or like a little (laughs) charcuterie
2: board, you know, something (laughs) like, yeah.
1: Yeah. One of those little tiny, little tiny, like, uh, Gherkins? That's such a weird word. Oh my gosh. Those You're little gonna pickles end up in the emergency room with gherkins <laughs> up your butt and I'm gonna go yeah, like please oh, Please know this is a metaphor where you don't put actual <laughs> charcuterie boards in your asshole. Thank you. Yes,
2: no. Without a base, without a trace. <laughs> so you've gotta yeah. have a flared base on whatever you yes. put up your butt. Um but yeah, I think there's there's lots of ways to seduce the external part before ever even thinking about penetration. So eating ass, massaging the anus, playing with the perineum, the butt crack, you know, really taking time to allow the body to relax from the attention to that area. And that's going to help with overall relaxation. It's going to make the person feel that penetration isn't, you know, about to happen because what, what happens when we anticipate, we start to clench. And so remind your partner to breathe. You should also really play with your own butt before you let anyone else put something in your ass, because there's going to be sensations that are going to feel like you are having a bowel movement and they're going to trigger that that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm going to shit the bed. I'm going to shit on my partner. But and really it's tense. just getting... Exactly. Exactly. And so to, to relax and even identify when that tension is happening, putting a finger in your butt while you're in the shower or getting some small butt plugs and playing with anal masturbation, that's a really good way to get real comfortable when you actually invite somebody else in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned eating ass and I think you have... I don't know if you have a class on eating ass, but I know you have a class on like face sitting, um, which is great. Um, But any tips for eating ass and avoiding E. coli? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So number one, don't eat the ass of somebody
2: who has symptoms of E. coli. and (laughs) If they have diarrhea, if it's been a Taco Bell kind of day, you know, like just don't eat their ass. OK, <laughs> not every day is an eating day, uh, <laughs> making sure that they wash themselves, even just the outer part of themselves is fine um, if you're just taking soap and water around the area before you play or after their last bowel movement. So it's fine to eat somebody's butt if they've just come from the gym or whatever. Some people like that enhanced sweatiness. Uh, you can also use a, a dental dam, so a, a barrier between your mouth and their anus, and so then you're not having any contact at all. But generally, I mean, to be serious, there if, if someone does have a stomach infection, it's likely that they're going to have an off stomach, and so having someone to know, get to know their body, there's really only a couple of things that, that you, there are other sexually transmitted infections that you can get from eating ass. Um, but <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think for the majority of the time, someone's going to be really sick if if they have something that you're going to ingest in that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's a, what is that company? Um, that's Laurels. I think it's oh, I called don't know Laurels. Laurels. I think it's called Laurels. They have like latex, um, panties oh, yeah. for people. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so like, that can be a fun way to like have a, a barrier of sorts that you don't have to hold in your hand, like a dental dam. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. I mean, anything else anyone has to be aware of for eating ass. Cause I want people to like live fast and eat ass, like, but also be risk aware.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think sometimes people think that they have to go really deep with douches. And sometimes those things can actually irritate the lining of the anus even further. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to do extensive douching. We don't want to do extensive even enemas. It's just warm water, no solutions. If you are cleaning out, you don't yeah. have to clean out. Some people do it just to have peace
1: of mind. It's also So they can important. relax and try to avoid the shit happening which it can happen anytime it can happen the anus has a day job you know so it's like like it's a shitty job
2: (laughs) (laughs) you can also use flavored lubes i really like the the wicked brands of lubes because they they're uh, made with stevia so you can eat like a pink lemonade asshole that'd be delicious right (laughs) yummy
1: (laughs) maybe they so you don't have to choose between taco bell and anal maybe they can make a taco bell flavored lube so you can have oh that's genius (laughs) because i would eat that i want (laughs) like i don't want it to hurt the person's asshole but like if there was like a fire sauce lube that didn't burn the person's asshole like i would i would probably be more comfortable eating ass
2: (laughs) <laughs> okay, good to know. We need to make this happen.
1: <laughs>
2: Contact Wicked.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, this this might, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I have had some clients who are struggling with things like hemorrhoids. Mm. Any tips for folks who maybe shouldn't be doing ass stuff or who should maybe consult with a doctor? And I had a doctor on talking about this way back in the day. So for first time listeners, go back and listen to um, Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical um, talk about that. But any, any thoughts on, like hemorrhoids or anal fissures or like anyone who should maybe wait or get things checked out before they start doing strap play or anything like that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, yeah, and Dr. Evan Goldstein's amazing and Dr. Carlton also is, is wonderful who's a gastroenterologist and talks about this stuff too. Um, but for if you if you know you have hemorrhoids and you know they're active, you know they're bleeding, sometimes it's really tempting to try and push past pain or some people will mm-hmm. use hemorrhoid creams because they're numbing and and then use that during penetrative play. It's not a great idea. Uh, the more that we irritate that area, the longer it's going to take heal or the more damage you might be causing.
1: Yeah. And then Uh, if it's numb, you don't know how much pain is actually happening.
2: Absolutely. I don't recommend any anal desensitizers or numbing creams for taking penetrative anal sex. We need that communication uh, with our bodies. The other challenge that sometimes people have with hemorrhoids or they might have fissures is that they don't really know and it just feels like this little bit of a a sharp pain. So Mm -hmm. if you are having anal penetration and you feel any kind of burning burning is a sign to slow down either add more lube or your butts had it for the night and you got to try again another night but i think yeah. people wait for a, a bigger bang of pain <laughs> but burning is that tissue getting tired and too stretched out
1: yeah i mean what a metaphor for life though i i actually i think i said this on a podcast before but i i was telling someone that i have been trying to treat life like anal sex <laughs> I, I, for me, I definitely can go, you know, I think we grow up in this culture where it's like no pain, no gain, right? And we're supposed to just like push through the discomfort. And that's something we would tell people not to do during anal. And that's something I've been trying to like embody in how I set my schedule or when I'm doing too much or how I'm feeling about things. Like if I'm starting to notice any discomfort, I try not to like wait and see, well, how long can I stomach this discomfort? And I think the same is true for anal. Wow, you're trying not to tear the asshole of life. This is yes, it's really hard not to. I will say it's really hard not to, and I definitely tear it up sometimes, but like (laughs) the asshole of life. Um, (laughs) but it's a practice, it's a practice.
0: Good for you. I think this is a good metaphor
2: for lots of people. (laughs) Me too.
0: (laughs) Will you miss listening to Sluts and Scholars and need something to pleasure your ears before next season? enter Dipsy. If you've tuned in for a while now, you know that I am a big fan of Dipsy and so grateful for their sponsorship of the podcast. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women. They also feature all kinds of pleasure and care as they also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and written content. The world is a lot right now, to say the least. So make sure you are taking some time to come back to your body and treat yourself. I am someone who listens to things I like over and over, but new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended thirty-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com/sns. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories dot com slash S dot com slash S S. Make sure you cash that in now because this is the last episode of the season before September. This episode is also sponsored in part by Everly Well. One of the other ways that I have been trying to care for myself is prioritizing my health. One way that I do that is knowing my STI status. And now it's never been easier to know your status through at-home testing sent to your door. I personally get tested every couple months and sometimes even more depending on what I'm getting up to. Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at EverlyWell.com slash S. Everlywell is digital healthcare designed for you, and they offer over 30 at-home lab tests for a variety of health areas, but my favorite is obviously the STI test. They test for seven types of STIs, and you can do it all from your own home. When I did it, they shipped it to me with everything I needed, and they gave a simple sample collection method, so I logged in online, answered some brief questions about myself. Then I was directed to some easy-to-follow directions, including videos on how to do the test and swabs and send it back. So join me in knowing your status, and for listeners of the show, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash S&S. That's Everlywell. E-V-E-R-L-Y-W-E-L-L-Everlywell.com slash S&S for 20% off your next at-home lab test. And they've got lots of others besides the STI one. That's just my fave. Everlywell.com slash S&S. Now back to the episode.
1: Do you feel like anyone can learn to love anal? Or are yeah, there some I- people who it's just like, No. No. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think that everyone has nerve endings that could potentially be pleasurable around the anus. And so for for anal it doesn't have to be penetrative. It could just be external play. I think that a lot of times the barriers to anal, so if someone's not into it, it's usually because it hurts or mm-hmm. you know, because someone's not seducing their butt enough. I think we do yeah. like sort of five minutes of lick lick or poke poke and then we try and shove something really big inside but anal play should be 15 to 40 minutes of warm-up like whatever whatever is going to get that person into a melty puddly kind of state before penetration i think for other people there's a, a mental block there's shame. There's taboo. There's hygiene concerns. There's what they've learned about anal sex. If you've come from mm-hmm. your family of origin, that has a lot of shame. I, I come from a Catholic background. I mean, they're shame galore. So I mean, there's, yeah, and,
1: and, there's like, lots of things that yeah. sodomy was illegal. And still, It still is in some places. Right.
2: Yeah. And before I enjoyed, I mean, you can enjoy giving anal sex, but as a, you know, as a, as a woman, I kept thinking that I had to be the receiver. So I spent a mm-hmm. long time sort of limited by these beliefs and then had yeah. really negative experiences with anal and didn't want to receive anymore. And actually playing with other people's buttholes has taught me a lot more about how to honor the boundaries of my own.
1: Yeah. What do you think, mm-hmm. like what was most helpful with that for you? Just to be yeah, slow? Think- taking it super slow and also engaging them. And
2: so one of the things I love to do is if my finger is inside someone and I sense that they are tensing up with their breath, mm-hmm. I ask them to squeeze my finger with their anus and then let go. So they become aware I just of did that. that. I just that did it right now.
1: <laughs> me too, me too, me <laughs> too. <laughs> Everyone just whenever, did it. Whenever, whenever anyone says like Kegel or whatever, you know, I'm like, I'm going to do it right now. So I just like tightened my sphincter. Right. And then let it, did you let it go? Yeah. (laughs) He's not free. Okay, good. (laughs) Of
2: course. I think that's one of the biggest things. I think there wasn't enough check-in for people with me. I think it was just, oh, we're in, let's do the thing. But I mean, the, the person who's receiving, the focus should be on them.
1: Yeah. But also, like, it's fine if you don't want to put in the effort to get to a place where you like it or find it neutral. Totally. Like, if, like, I definitely have tried lots of ways and I'm like, still not really my favorite thing. You you don't, doesn't have to be your thing. And I do think it's worth doing it. I don't want to say doing it quote unquote right because they're, but like, doing it slowly. Because if anything, maybe just getting to know your body and like taking that time to slow down and maybe it still won't be your thing, but I think it's, I think it's worth doing that, like slow down, uh, for yourself and your partner and for connection.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That'll totally feed connection to slow things down, to check in, to learn each other's bodies.
1: Let's say you're touching your butt or someone else's butt for the very first time. And I don't know how many listeners have never done any of that, but I'm sure there's some of y'all out there. Um, any tips for very first time, even ooh. touching the butthole?
2: Ooh, ooh, yes, yes. So first of all, you're not going to touch that butthole with any dry ass fingers. We want <laughs> well lubed fingers. And we want not spit. You don't lick your lips when they're dry, right? We get chapstick. I mean, so I do, want but it some- doesn't help. It doesn't help. Yeah, we know better, yeah. but it, does, it doesn't help. So you're gonna get really nice lube. I really like lube that is a silky, so a water-based lube, you can use an oil-based lube, you can use silicones, my favorite for anal. And we're just gonna rub around the opening of the anus. So all those cute little crinkles on the butthole, those are our potential for arousal. And so once we start to get more aroused and, and stimulated, that whole area is gonna fill up with blood flow and it's gonna become even more sensitive to all that touch. So even just little circles around the butthole, exploring it, I'll just playing do a with visu- it. I'll just do a little visual as you're describing it. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. There you go. It's a perfect butthole. Yeah. Yeah. So Thank you're you. just going to go around. Yeah. Beautiful. You're going to play with texture. You're going to play with tension,
1: pressure, direction, and speed. In case I do post a video of me, I have long nails. Um, <laughs> not ideal. I love my long nails. I would say not ideal for butt stuff. I like to put gloves on. Um, so nothing gets in my cuticles and I'm not sharp and stabby. Some people even go to the extent of putting Q-tips in the fingers of their gloves, but like I just use gloves. Um, so pretend I have gloves on while I'm moving up and rubbing around the butthole. I'm a big fan of gloves, too. Keeps
2: the butt stuff in the glove. You can just flip it over yeah. after. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you're going to then just kind of play with the, the 6 o'clock and 12 o'clock of the butthole. Those are going to be the spots that are going to be a bit more sensitive. Yeah, the top and the bottom, basically. Uh-huh. So you might want to add a bit more emphasis of pressure there. You might want to push up or down and see what that feels like. Try even using your thumb and the padded part of your thumb and rubbing that against the butthole. So your thumb's not going to accidentally fall into someone's butthole it's a little bit of a
1: <laughs> right like it's a little bit of a push and yeah pressure. you have to like really Not, do the right angle for that I think
2: <laughs> exactly exactly so that's where you start and that's where you stay that that's a really good place to do that and then also engage the other hot spots on their body so if you want to play with their genitals with your other hand you want to make eye contact you want to tell yeah, them good, good with their your other hand field. with your other
1: hand or take the glove yes.
2: off. Or take the glove off. Yeah, we want to keep butt stuff in the butt. So no other, don't move it around. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good place to start. If you don't want to do your hands, you can also hold a vibrator against somebody's butthole. Still use lube, but put that vibrator, just press it up against it. If you have a wand style vibrator, those are great for the perineum, that space between the anus and the genitals and the anus itself. All that's Mm going to bring arousal to the area.
1: Yeah, yeah, love it. And like, you never even have to go in. Yeah, yeah, you can hang out outside. Yeah, <laughs> I love being outside. <laughs> you like the outdoors? Stay out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's do a uh, let's do a quick or not a quick uh, a slow sensual take the glove off left hand turn uh, to the <laughs> pussy. <Nice. laughs> Yes. Wash our hands. Um, You have also a class about, is it like eat pussy like a boss? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Eat pussy like a champ. Oh, like a champ. Excuse me. (laughs) Boss champ, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's go there for a little bit. (laughs) Yes. So that's one of my most popular
2: classes. And I'm really happy because I think the world of cundilingus needs to be upgraded and we should all be embracing these skills, whether we're givers or receivers. I think a lot of givers obviously come to the class to learn, you know, what do I do? The biggest concern is like, how do I do the
1: thing? Right. Am I doing it right? Is this the move? Is that the move? And so what I do for the Or like, is there a right, right? I think there's a lot of like- one size fits all articles about there. That's like, do this thing or do this specific move. And like, yes, you know, it's not always like that. Yes
2: yeah, it doesn't work on everybody's body and it doesn't even work on the same body. Maybe between Tuesday and Saturday you want something different. So really Mm -hmm. teaching the ability to communicate verbally and non-verbally to also give some moves but the move isn't the focus. The move is like a curiosity. So let me try this thing and ask them, do you want it a little bit harder or softer? Do you like it to the left or the right? And then for receivers, also being able to know, to to get in touch with our body, to touch ourselves and be like, ah, is the left side of my clit more sensitive than the right side of my clit? Or what do my labia feel like if I stimulate them? So it's yeah. helping both people bring more communication. And then giving, I teach about eight different techniques in in that class. And all of them are sort of what I call anti-pornolingus. So pornolingus is like this flicking. It's like a pointy tongue and it flicks directly on the clit really, really fast. Yes. There you go. There you go. Like super fast, super fast. And, and, yes, yes. and it's a hot mess. Nobody's coming from that. Nobody's coming from that. And we see Important because maybe, it some, maybe some people no? but like don't assume yeah maybe maybe i think for a lot of people the reason it doesn't work is because it's the clit is so sensitive with direct contact and so it might enjoy that kind of sensation at a point where it's more aroused um yeah. or at a lesser stage of arousal but if you're coming in with this like one tool it's, it doesn't really leave you much places to go so we want to engage yes. with some like pleasure anatomy you know the clitor the part, part of the clitters we see is not the only part that we can stimulate with our mouth so we've got access to the internal part of the clitor- <laughs> the labia through the urethra through everything. So we have, we just want to expand where our mouth goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Expand where the mouth goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And use other parts of your face. You know, I teach how to use your chin, your nose, how to play with pressure and direction. Oh, uh,
1: How do you use your chin?
2: Yeah. So chin. Every, and, I'm okay, going to so try so- this right now. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, if you took your chin and you kind of put it, let's say, um, between the labia and drag it from the urethra down to the hole. Okay, so, so you're going to start at the top. Yeah. And then you're going to just drag it down. And when you get to the hole, you're kind of pushing in a little bit. And then just do that over and over again. Like you're a dolphin.
1: Kind of like, yeah, there you go. Beautiful. I did a hook up with a guy when I was younger who had a pretty large nose, um, oh, yeah. and he used his nose. And I was like, wh- I was so young, so I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, yeah. But now I'm like, whoa, he, he was, he knew what's up, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was a yeah
2: early adopter of the nose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the time I was like, I don't know, seven, seventeen, sixteen, and I was like, what is, <laughs> what is this guy doing? Yeah, yeah. And if I you think, have
2: stubble, it's a problem. But oh, yeah. if you if you put silicone lube on your stubble, then it's fine. It creates a barrier the same way it would for like chub rub between your legs. So, (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah, I think one thing that came to mind as you were talking about this is I have a lot of clients who struggle to know sometimes what feels good um, Uh. or what doesn't feel good. Like what are the yeses and and no's? And I think, you know, this is something folks can maybe address in, in therapy, but like one way that I invite people to do that is to like, think of times in their life when things were like a yes, a hell yes, a no, a maybe, a mm. hell no that like really stand out and to try to really like remember that time as like a body memory. So like mm. if I were to if I were to invite listeners to like do it now, maybe think of think of something in your life. It doesn't have to be sexual, but something that was like a hell yes. That could be like a really great thing that you ate, could be a sex thing, could be something you watched and then just really trying to like remember that in all senses of your body and mm. see if you can get in touch with like what how did i know that this was like a yes for me what happened in my physical body that said this is a yes what happened and what happens in my brain that says this is a yes and if you can't think of one maybe do this moving forward and when there's a time that you notice something's like a yes or a hell yes trying to see what happens in your physical body that tells you it's a yes and then oh, that. letting that sort of like guide you with figuring out what you like sexually. Cause I think if people haven't explored a lot of sex stuff, they might not even it's, I think it's hard to even know, like, what do I like? What do I not like? How do I know if I like it or not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. That's a that's a very common piece of feedback that I get in
2: that class too, is well, I don't know what I like. I don't know how to tell my partner what I like. And even touching a non-sexual part of your body, like giving yourself a hand massage or a foot massage, and just noticing, oh, I liked when there was more pressure here. I liked that direction versus this direction. And noticing how if we touch a certain part of our body in a certain way, it reverberates into other parts of our body and you get tingles down your spine or you get shivers on your shoulders. And so taking the pressure off of this has to lead to orgasm. This has to lead to whatever can also open up. Okay. Maybe I'm just learning about my body through this person's face, through grinding my crotch on this person's face. I'm going to learn about like what I like.
1: Yeah. You also mentioned like having someone check in with what they like, what are you? I mean, it might be different person to person, but like any suggested favorite ways of checking in. So it's not just like Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I think um, even starting off with, hey, give me any feedback you like. I love hearing what you like. Mm -hmm. And so starting off with the invitation and the permission to give communication. Your partner might also be nonverbal. And so you could, if they squeeze your hand when you do something and you think that that's a really good thing, or if they squirm, they grind, they move their head a certain way, you might notice that and say, Oh, that sounded like you liked that, or that was good. Or give me more, give me more grinding when you like something that felt good for me too. So even Mm -hmm. affirming and encouraging the feedback that does show up can Mm -hmm. make people feel more free to do that. And even checking in with, uh, with options versus, you know, tell me how you like it. So do you want it deeper? Do you like it this way? Are you hungry for this? Are you ready for that? Beg me for what you want, or tell me how to do it. So you can even put in whatever, vibe you have with your partner into oral.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the, we've got the, the dolphin, any other (laughs) other (laughs) tips folks can try. I mean, I want them to take your class. So we like, can't give it all away for free, but Um, Yes, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Another one is actually, um, I think this one is great for people either to do as self-pleasure or as partnered pleasure. And it's very simple. So we want to take our our hand and cup it. And then you're going to place the palm of your hand on sort of the top of where the hood of the clitoris is. So on that mound kind of part, right? So that space where the bottom of your palm is, is going to have a lot of access to internal parts of, of the clitoris. That's the part where there's like where people like pound 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 or they like really heavy vibrators there and so this cupping if you give it a little jiggle you're kind of grabbing it and pressing it and squishing it like giving it pressure and massage almost massaging it yeah perfect perfect that can also just help like like the
1: pussy the pussy hug
2: yeah, a little pussy cuddle, right? We're just like (laughs) like getting in there. That can help just start to wake up the area. Because if we go straight for the clit, it's like, well, you missed all the other parts all around it. And sometimes that's too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that to me sounds like the best tip is like slowing down. Mm, Yes. And maybe not everyone likes it this way. But like, for me, I feel like even not having somebody like touch it, at first Mm. at all like I like this this idea of like the like warm hands and almost like having someone like put their the warmth like in front of it so it's almost like a tease and just like feeling the warmth and having them Mm. like stay there and then that like pussy hug or like the breath or like kissing around like I I mean that might be just my style because I think I have sort of um a style that likes that like slowness that tease but I think I think first time with new partners, like just slow it the fuck down.
2: <laughs> yeah. You can always ramp it up. You can always intensify it. I yeah. think sometimes when people learn techniques that are slower, they think that that means less passion or that they like rough stuff. So they can't do it slow. Speed yeah. has nothing to do with intensity. We all know that that mm. slow, like hover, like you said around with the hand or someone's that can be more net, intense, right? Yeah. It almost yeah. punctuates that moment. It's like anticipation can also help your partner get into their body more because they don't know what's coming next they're not thinking about like okay you do this then you usually do that and then you do this you're you're actually changing it up by changing the pace
1: yeah and what about for folks who like i mean i feel like i answered my own question but i'm imagining people who (laughs) like are like i'm just so good at it you know (laughs) yes what about for and not just those folks but what about for like experienced players out there who feel like they know their body they know their partner's body like any, any tips for like really maximizing to an even higher level of pleasure and exploration?
2: Yeah, I think playing with uh, contrasting sensations. And so that might be temperature, that might be texture, that might be um, even speed. So those kinds of things can deepen the techniques that you already like to do and Mm -hmm. and actually expand more laterally versus like finding new things all the time to do. Playing with toys, using toys Mm -hmm. on your partner, because toys are always coming up with different sensations. And so you being an extension of that toy, you're going to bring your energy and the toy's going to do the thing and i think just staying open I, I mean i take classes all the time and i'm teaching this and so it, it feels yeah. just as if this this openness actually keeps you open to pleasure possibilities because your erotic imagination is infinite it's infinite who knows what you're going to be into next year or whatever so and as your body is changing you're going to have to come into relationship within over and over and over again we're aging you know there's changes yeah, in your, our health style your preferences all kinds will of things. change Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So keeping that openness is a beautiful way to accommodate that change.
1: I think for me, I don't know how you feel about this, but like the main tip that comes to mind when I think of like giving anything is, am I giving just to give? or am i giving because i am needing like validation. I feel mm. like there's a lot of people who say that they like like to go down there for a long time but really it's because like they're doing it for their own like validation of like either look how good i am at this. And of course it feels nice to like see your partner <laughs> be in pleasure. But i feel like then to me that's not necessarily you can get pleasure from it but if you're just doing it just because you're like i'm giving this to you because i want to see like how good I am at it and your response as opposed to like giving just to allow that person to receive. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I think it's a
2: really good point to bring up because so many people struggle to receive because they've not had authentic receiving experiences because they've been rushed because they think they're too much. They think they take they too don't long. They deserve
1: it. Too, yeah. They don't deserve it. I mean, most of us can
2: hardly receive a compliment, right?
1: Let alone like oral. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) yeah, Any tips on practicing like receiving? Because there are so many people who don't like oral. And like, again, this could just maybe it's not your thing. Maybe it's not the type of like touch that you like. But if you're just someone who says, well, I just don't like this, like, I would really invite you to be curious about why. Because maybe it is, Mm -hmm. I have trouble just receiving. And like, any tips for luxuriating in the receiving? Absolutely. I have two that I usually teach in my class. One of them is
2: trying out dates or setting aside a specific night where it's all about you. So it's all about pussy eating tonight. It's all about whatever. Changing up the sex that you normally have so that you're not worried, oh my god, is it my turn yet? Or should I do something? Yeah, or it has to go to to this. this.
1: We've already done that. Yes,
2: Yes. You can also do that if you don't want to dedicate a whole night. Dedicate half a playlist. So half the playlist is you, half the playlist is them. And so you're not thinking about it. You're just in your jam receiving and then when it flips over, it's somebody else's turn. I think Mm -hmm. the other thing is if you have a concern about receiving because you don't like the way that your vulva looks, because you think it smells weird, you think it tastes weird, get into a different curious relationship with your body because we've all been told that vulvas stink and that they're unhygienic, that they need to be, you know, scentless and odorless, you know, hygiene doesn't equal odorless. So our bodies have a scent. And I think that it's a really distorted relationship to our vulva scent. So getting in touch, I started smelling my panties. And so that I would know at different parts of my cycle, what does my scent smell like so that I know if something's off. And usually it's not off, but what we think of as smelly is actually just normal vaginal odor, body odor
1: yeah yeah and look if you're worried like go to a sexual medicine specialist and like make sure there isn't anything off because sometimes there can be but like yeah i mean it's that's such more of like a cultural thing of feeling like there's something wrong with us
2: yeah there's no masculine hygiene aisle in the drugstore you know there's not the (laughs) same kind of marketing of like this industry to tell to make us buy products to make us smell like vanilla so yeah
1: (laughs) Oh, I wish there was. There is that like dick smell that sometimes I wish smelled different.
2: Yeah, they should smell like <laughs> steak and cupcake deodorizer or something. Like. Ta- Taco Bell. Taco
1: <laughs> There you go. There
2: you go. This is your brand.
1: Yeah. Is- <laughs> yeah. Taco <laughs> Bell <laughs> sex. Gross. I love it.
0: <laughs> Slutty scholars, this is the last episode of the season. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. I could not continue this without you. Remember, if you like the show, please leave a review wherever you can, but especially on iTunes. It's also helpful to use those advertiser discounts because the more you support the advertisers, the more you support the podcast. Next season, I have some fun and exciting changes in store, so stay tuned. If you follow me on Instagram, don't forget to favorite the page. Otherwise, sex education accounts like Sluts and Scholars get easily shadow banned and lost in the algorithm. To do that, click on the follow button, then click add to favorites. And now for two fun event promos to help you increase your pleasure. The last promos of the season. Do you want to allow for more pleasure in your sex life? Join me and Reba the Diva, aka Reba Corinne Thomas of Sexpert Consultants on July 9th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This two-hour online workshop will cover how your nervous system affects your pleasure potential, as well as how to find the right balance of excitement and relaxation. This class will help you learn more about your erotic style, as well as lead you through some guided practices to help you come back to your body before, during, and after intimate moments. Check out Sexpert Consultants, S-E-X-P-E-R-T, sexpertconsultants.com, slash tickets, and I will see you on July 9th. And for you kinky folks, if you're aching to be a part of an outdoor kink community, you might want to know about The Great Fox Hunt. It is a three-day camping retreat held in Oregon City, Oregon, July 22nd to the 24th by a dear colleague of mine. A bunch of queer kinksters are getting together to have some fun in the wilderness. The main event is a human fox hunt and pet show loaded with prizes. But even if you're not a pet player, this will still be an amazing event to get kinky, create community, and fundraise for local indigenous communities. This is for kinksters of all kinds who love the outdoors as much as they love watching someone get tied to a tree and teased. It's a perfect place if you want to connect, but don't always find crowds, play parties, or nightlife gatherings appealing when you want to engage in kink play. You can find details and apply at Black Fox Prod, like Black Fox Productions, B-L-A-C-K-F-O-X-P-R-O-D, blackfoxprod.com, and tell them I sent you and you can get $20 off. Now to the final episode of the season.
1: (laughs) Luna, thank you so much uh, for joining. Um, How can folks check out your classes, uh, hire you, All, all the things?
2: Yeah, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me such a great conversation. Uh, My website is lunamatatos.com and I have over 30 on demand classes for everything from BDSM to sexual confidence on there. And I also do one to one coaching for individuals or couples. Everything's online. And my shop is on my website, too. If you like peg the patriarchy stuff or meditate, medicate, masturbate merge.
1: And just a quick note, what is Meditate, Medicate, Masturbate? Ooh, yeah, that's all about cannabis. And so
2: I I teach cannabis and sex as well. And Meditate, Meditate, Masturbate was sort of a a self-pleasure ritual for me. And so that that ritual is in one of my guides. Uh, But it's this idea about using cannabis in a mindful and intentional way for whatever benefits it has for your particular sex life or relationships.
1: Amazing. And again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars, sometimes on TikTok at Sluts and Scholars. Newly, <laughs> uh, don't forget to rate and review, please, wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps. And check out those advertiser discounts. Luna, thank you so much. And thank you.